Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Or at sunburymotors.com. This just in for the Phils. We don't know the lineup for tonight against the Mets, but guess who's getting the call up from Lehigh Valley? Mickey Moniak getting the call up. Could we see him in center field as early as tonight? I guess we'll have to find out once we see the lineup, which should be released soon. Of course, there's been all sorts of issues with center field for the Phils. And as a coordinating roster move... Adam Hazley was placed on the restricted list for personal reasons. So Mickey Moniak getting the call up a little bit earlier than maybe we anticipated, but with all the center field issues going on with the Phils right now, the youngster from Lehigh Valley is getting the call now. So we'll see. We'll see if he gets the shot. i, I got to imagine if he's not in the lineup tonight, he'd be in it sometime this week, maybe even tomorrow. I don't know. We'll have to find out. We'll keep an eye on the on the roster. The Phillies tweeted that out about 25 minutes ago of those roster moves. No idea on the lineup yet. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. As far as the guys they brought in to center field, I, I, the biggest one to me is why Abdul Herrera. I just don't understand that. I never understood that from the very beginning. But that's just me. Also, in... NFL news, Vince Williams, surprisingly, after being a cap casualty for the Steelers, is back now on a one-year deal. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN just reported that not too long ago, so that's surprising but good news for the Steelers. Adding to that, adding back to getting one of their top defensive guys from last year back, at least for next year. But Jadavion Clowney signing a one-year deal with the Browns. So if he's healthy... That is going to be a ferocious defensive line with Miles Garrett on the other side. But can not only Clowney, but Miles Garrett stay healthy? It's a it's obviously a low risk, high reward type of signing there for the Browns. So we'll see if it works out. I have my doubts, but we'll see. I definitely have my doubts there about that one. 
So those are the couple of quick notes from earlier today in the sports world. And also, Lamar Stevens is getting has earned himself a multi-year NBA contract with the Cavs. He was just the two-way player. But now he's getting a full multi-year NBA deal, which is very much deserved. Because Lamar Stevens has actually been a pretty key contributor off the bench for the Cavs. So congrats there to Lamar Stevens. And also, I just posted this on the Facebook page, Steve Jones Show Facebook page, also on Twitter at Steve Jones PSU, of some virtual initiatives that are going to take place on Saturday for the special spring practice that's going to be aired also right here on WDKOK Noon to Tune with Steve and Jack and Roger Corey and the rest of the gang. This is pretty cool. At 10 a.m. is going to be a hashtag we are challenge presented by Ut Snacks. And throughout the morning, yeah. Nindy Lion fans will be asked to share photos that that showcase their fandom and a whole host of other things leading up to the broadcast. Steve, I like this. And there's also the in the booth. Oh, they're bringing that back too. To, awesome. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> nothing like it. One time last year, I think it was a Michigan game. Something happened. In- Jack looked over at me and made a face. And, and also, it was like, uh oh. Um, one of his buddies commented, Well, you didn't like that, did you? He's like, What the heck's going on here? I said, Uh oh. <laughs> I said, <laughs> they were, I said they're, I said, they're watching. I forgot people are watching us. He goes, Oh. Yeah. So yes, we we're well we're we're well aware now. If we're gonna make a face, it's gotta be in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. I mean we've been working hard and you know, I've been going to practices and things like that. I mean I could have gone to the shore. But you know. You know, that's the difference between the, the the worker bee and the queen bee. No? We'll go with that, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's our guy. Now, can I start? I want to start out with this. A couple of things I do want to get to, but um, I have the scoreboard. Your team is tied. Four four, the Yankees with Toronto, end of six. Okay, I'm, I haven't got a chance to check the scoreboard yet. All right. Hmm. Let me see the box score. Here. Davidson Tyone was awful last night. The former Pirate. Hey, you want him? Well, better than what the Yankees had, but I didn't think he was going to be the end all be all. I still don't think the Yankees have enough starting pitching and or bullpen help. Right now, oh. which is which is which has somewhat contributed to the slow start, other than the uh, 
Kluber, slow Kluber, bats. Kluber went four innings today. Yes, I see that here now. That's eh, all right. They, not not a, not great, but not bad either. Gave up two home runs. They're working him back slowly, so I get that. See, I mean, the Yankees have five hits, and your guy that you can't stand, Gary Sanchez, has one of them. Hey, you know what? Gary Sanchez has actually been one of the bright spots for this lineup. Him and Gio Urshela, everybody else stinks right now. Although Judge finally has gone, has, looks like he's gone and hide. He's got two homers today. Yeah. Washington leads the Cardinals 5 nothing. Bottom of the sixth. Brewers lead the Cubs 3 nothing. Top of the sixth. End of three. Kansas City leads the Angels 1 nothing. Middle of the third. Red Sox lead Minnesota 3 nothing. But remember, that's a seven inning game. Correct. This is the makeup from Monday. Yes. It was the first of a double header. Phillies play the Mets full game 7 10 tonight. And the um, Zach Wheeler goes tonight. Now you saw the like, news that I, I told the audience David before Peterson. you stepped in? Which is what? Mickey Moniak got the call from Lehigh Valley. That's nice. I'm happy for him. No word on the lineup yet. I'll keep an eye on that. Well, it's not like he's had this great, like he's on a 10-game hitting streak at Lehigh Valley. They haven't played yet, have they? No, I don't believe so. No. Very good call. All right. That's the issue. It's also how you bad know, the center field position is for the Phils right now. Phils have a big problem with center field. They're not getting any hits. Uh, what, Quinn and whomever else? What, they have three hits total? Yeah. Barrera, Hazley, who, who got placed on the restricted list for personal reasons, per the Phils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Tells y'all you need to so, know about Scott Kingery right now, too. <laughs> Still in Lehigh hmm. Valley. Yeah, but th- those are workout games. Nobody knows who's, who's doing anything. You know what I mean? It's not like they're playing games. I don't think it, I don't know how much you can tell about those inter-squad scrimmages. That's all. That's what they're doing. They're all in their squad scrimmages. Not like Lehigh's going and playing against uh, Worcester. <laughs> well, Worcester is now the AAA team of the Red Sox. That's that's formerly Pawtucket. That's why I said it. It wasn't meant to. Oh, okay. okay. No, 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 no. That they're the tri- that, Pawtucket was the AAA team. It's now Worcester. Gotcha. Okay. That, that's why I said it. Now on Saturday, one of the announcers is going to pronounce it Wor- Worcester. Um, <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. There, right now, the janitor that we have assigned to the suit. We put him on retainer. He's no longer an hourly. All right. Um... <laughs> you, sir, are my hero. Tonight, the Nets are going to play the Sixers. I have a lot to say about that in a moment. I actually you know, do, sir, too. <laughs> Because the Nets aren't, everybody's being held out tonight. It's it's almost stunning 
It, it really is. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be preaching to the choir with you. I, I, you know, I'll, every time I turn around in this, no offense, I'm not going to sit there and bend over backwards anymore defending why guys need days off and things like that. I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm going to talk about it in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. After a while, this load management thing has become. You know, it, the NBA is an interesting league. Where, if is there any league on the face of the earth that is in total fear of its work workforce? No. I mean, they fear them. So tonight, the Nets will be without... Now, this game is on ESPN, which, by the way, is paying $1.4 billion a year. Tonight's game, This is their lead game tonight, Brooklyn and the Sixers. Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, James Harden are all out tonight. Won't play. Kyrie Irving might. Now, Harden has a right hamstring strain. Okay. But we'll push him to the side for the moment. Durant did play 27 minutes last night against Minnesota. He's already missed 19 games this season. 19. I realize that he has been coming back, and they're trying to work his way back. They say Aldridge is being held out for a non-COVID-19 illness. Griffin is on injury management, ongoing knee issue. They're talking about the tricky balance they have with Durant. Irving didn't play the other day because of a family situation. I feel like I'm back teaching my class again. 
You have no idea over the years how many funerals I've had attended by students. Um, This league is absolutely fears its players. I don't... You sign a contract to play, now in this year it's 72 games. Now I realize the second half of the season is overloaded. Nor I think it was during the during the bubble, they averaged 3.4 games per week. But they also weren't going anywhere either. And I realized that there's more condensed play in the NBA in the second half of the season. It's 3.75 games per week. All right, I got that. You look at, though, the great players in the history of the game. The other day, Steph Curry passed out Will Chamberlain as the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Warriors. All right? 1960, Will played 72 games. 61, he played 79. 62, he played 80. Averaged 50 points a game. 63, he played 80. He played 80 in 64. These are all the max. All right? Um, then in a trade year, he played 73. Uh, then in 66, he played 79. 81 in 67. 82 games in 68. 81 games in 69. 82 games in 71. 82 games in 72. 82 games in 73. In other words, Will Chamberlain showed up for work every night. Except when he was injured. In 70, he was hurt. Man, I don't get it. I mean, I realize there aren't many fans at these games because of COVID right now, so we're going to have two, 3,000 fans tonight in Philadelphia. But people want to see people play, not rest. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. So today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, KR Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. For Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. They do the 164-point inspection on it. Um, and um, that's why you know that you're getting the best at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, 
Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Um, yesterday, we we mentioned how the uh, the suit was uh, getting ready for the game. Ironically, uh, it, it turned out he saw half the Brooklyn Nets roster. to give the the suit credit the suit is the first broadcaster to understand the concept of load management Captain Nose to the Grindstone, Doug Birdsong, will be absolutely ready for every possible contingency. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Falda! By the way, Brad Davison has announced he's going to stay at Wisconsin. Badger for life. All right. Let's. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, the Penn State men's volleyball team has worked its way to the EIVA semifinals. They are on the verge of going back to another NCAA tournament. So I got to bring in my old buddy, Mark Pavlik, just to talk with him for a couple of minutes. Pav, great to have you with us, pal. Oh, it's always great to be with you, Steve, especially in especially in April. Because in, in, in April, it means you're going places. Uh, <laughs> okay, absolutely. Uh, when this has been a year, by the way, where Russ Rose won his 1300th, Kale Sanders, Kale Sanderson won his 200th, Jeff Tambroni won his 200th, you won your 600th, and when I texted you about that. And then it, the, the the return t- text came back. Who is this? I mean, I, I, was, I, was hurt, I was hurt by that. No, but I texted you about it. The one element you said to me, Steve, this has been a really fun team to coach. Why? Oh, it it truly has. The, the, a, I think uh, I think the parents of our guys have done a real nice job raising their their young men. They're just this group has really made a concerted effort over the last two or three years to drive a culture that they that they want their team to be known as and are known for and and in that culture driving they're they're also i mean i think part of their competitive dna is they want to be the team that plays the hardest the longest and it they they take themselves seriously enough to want to get better at being a team and want to get better at being individuals, but they don't take them so, themselves so seriously that they can't laugh about it and and have fun and 
you know, that certainly means I'm in the crosshairs a lot. But <laughs> it, it just, this is a group that you, that I've never had any doubt about the effort that they're giving uh, all the time. And I think this weekend was a great example of that. You know, we go into Charleston against a team that hadn't played for two weekends because of COVID issues. They hadn't practiced six on six until the day before they played us on Friday. And it would have been easy for a team to walk in and say, eh, just how hard do we really have to play to win? Right. And the first five games, we win the first three pretty handily the first night. And the second night we come out and we play just as well, if not better. And, and you know, the fifth game is 25 to six game. And we're playing just like it's 27-27 in a national championship match. And it's, it's fun to watch these guys play. It really is. So right now, you're sixth in the nation in hitting percentage, 325, pretty darn good. What has Cole Bogner's decision-making meant to that hitting percentage? You know, I think setters, the longer they're on the court in terms of years, the more they get to see, yeah, I've seen that movie before. I know what to do. It, it no longer is oh, I've got to process this right now for the first time. And Cole, over the three years that he's been on the court, has really understood what his hitters can do for him and what he needs to do to give his hitters the advantage. Um, you know, you, you compare that with the passing we've, we've been getting from Will Bantle and, and our, on our outsides. Right. And all of a sudden... Cole is in system a lot, and it's it's kind of been my opinion that when the ball is where it's supposed to be, it's up to your setter to give your hitters the advantage. When the pass isn't there, it's up to your hitters to give your setter the advantage. And that relationship has been outstanding this year. And Cole has just also figured out he's a he's a fantastic athlete, and I think he's figured out how his athletic ability can enhance his setting ability. And he's doing some things on the court that we haven't seen done since, that I that I haven't seen done since since maybe Javier Gaspar. Oh boy! Back in the yeah, back in the late eighties. Wow! It's getting to the point you and I are the only ones that know that remember him. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's and. and and for and when you sent your third text to me when I said Steve who, that was what convinced me it was the guy that I think it was. Uh, he didn't send that text, by the way. But it's, oh, okay. it, it, it's good for the joke, though. <laughs> uh, is is he getting to the point? I'm talking about Cole now. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, there'll be times as a coach you'll sit back and go, okay, what was he thinking there? But for the most part, does he seem to think the way the coaching staff thinks? Yeah, I think for the most part he does. Uh, there haven't been that, like you said, that situation where Colin and Ryan and I look at each other and said, are we missing something here? Why the heck did he do that? And uh, he's, and to, you know, and to also answer that question his hitters if he does make something questionable more than likely his hitters have been bailing him out so um you know it 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 really is a two-way street but yeah i think he's really understood how to attack the teams that have been on the other side of the net and and it's just getting better and better he's in my opinion he's one of the top three or four setters in the country this year 
right. Uh, others that received, you mentioned Will Bantle and, of course, Cal Fisher, Brett Wildman. They all were honored by the EIVA. They're all juniors. But your freshman outside, Michael Valenzi, was the freshman of the year in the conference. He was a second-teamer. What did he add to the mix that made you more effective? Attitude and personality, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think for those that have followed our program long enough, they know that my history is, hey, give me some guys with some length at the antenna, with some size at the antennas. Uh, you know, I'll take the Matty Andersons at six seven, six eight, and Aaron Russell's there. You know, if it's a six one guy, we're we're not going to worry too much. He's going right. to. Well, guess what? Valenzi's six one, yeah. and his personality is that of a six eight guy. Um, he came in and just really embraced his physicality with the game. He's a he's a very good jumper, touching about 11-3, so it puts him in the altitude that he needs to be in to face the block that he, he faces. But his arm is, is awfully good, Steve. He, he can bring some heat, and he's just learning how to be subtle with changes. You know, you and I have talked uh, the many times that we've been together about, you know, pitchers who... You can't just throw at 100 miles an hour all the right. time. Batters are going to get used to that. But if you can, if you can change speeds, if you can work fast, if you can throw strikes, hit corners, and and be a little bit of the Greg Maddox with your swing. And I think that's what that's what Michael is starting to learn uh, right now. But he's he's not afraid to go up and take a rip. He passes the ball really well, and his personality with the other five on the court matches really well. He's not afraid to be vocal. Um, and, and he just, he exudes the love of the game. He just, he plays. I, I walk into the gym every day and look at him and he smiles. And I say, I can see, I can see you're having a bad day. You're not smiling today. <laughs> Come on, coach. I always smile. And he does. Which is, uh, which is fabulous. Uh, and that's, and see, that's the difference between a thrower and a pitcher. And it's, yep. and it's the same thing in volleyball. Instead of just being a hitter, you're a player. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, now, Brett Wildman, uh, before you know, Cole Bogner's your 15th EIVA Player of the Year, Wildman was your 14th <laughs> along the way. Where did he get better for you this year? Blocking. Blocking and passing. Yeah. Uh, Brett, Brett has really uh, – I mentioned to him last week, I said – the last two weeks, I think he was passed the best, at least the eyeball test, where you're on balance, where your platform's in a great spot. All the technical stuff just looks better. And and he looks so comfortable handling the ball. And then Colin McMillan has worked with him with his block. Brett has some seriously long arms. And there's a there are tendencies for blockers to try to want to block everything. Yeah. instead of just being good at the area in front of them. And Brett's starting to understand what's coming at him. He's starting to understand what his hand positioning, all of, all of the technical stuff seems to be making sense to him. And uh, he's putting up a good block against the opposites we've been playing over the last four or five matches. What kind of passer over the last couple of years especially has Will Bantle been for you? <laughs> I, you know, I think he's been the best passer in the EIVA in the last two years. 
and I would have said the last three years, but when he dislocated his elbow mm-hmm. halfway through that yeah. year, it made it tough for him to pass. But <laughs> I think yeah. he he is another guy that when you look at the sum of all of his parts, it, it's so much greater than it should be. Um, is Will the quickest guy? Is he the most explosive guy? No, but he's the competitive heartbeat of our team. He Here's a guy that knows he can't make third contacts. He cannot score us points, but he can prevent us from getting points, and that's not in that's that's not in his agenda. He, everything he can do, he manipulates our serve receive patterns pretty well. When when he knows what the servers are doing, he his he's the guy that probably chirps at the referees more than anything else. At least he does to me when I'm blowing the whistle in practice. <laughs> And uh, he just doesn't let our team have a bad stretch of points. And, and I think that's a that's a great quality for a libero to have. Uh, junior middle out of London, England, Sam Marsh. What kind of middle has he developed into for you? You know, I, I, this Sam is really working on developing the consistency of, of high-level play. Uh, last year, we were using Sam as our first server because his serve was, was scoring us points. This year, the serve has gotten heavier, but the consistency has suffered. So Sam has been working on, hey, let's, let's get back to where we were last year with our serve and the other thing that Sam, I think, has worked on very similar to Brett is he was the he was the number three middle blocker in blocks per set in the IVA this year. And last year, I don't even know if he was in the top ten. So he he's now developed a been there, done that type of attitude with blocking. And uh, Sam just quietly goes about his business. You know, anything you say to him, I, I told him he also was first team all the IVA in the accent. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but Sam Sam is one of those guys that also thinks very deeply about what he's trying to do and how he's trying to do it, almost to a point where you just want to say, "Hey, Sam, just do. Don't think. You're pretty good when you just do." It's always it was always interesting for me every time I would talk to either John Amici or Jack Crawford. Uh, it's not what you expected. <laughs> You're like, hello. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows John, but I don't think people realize Jack Crawford, when he, when he, you know, the, who's had a nice NFL career, by the way. Uh, all right. So now this is what you have coming up. You're going to host, and it's going to be in Rec Hall on the 22nd, 24th. So you're going to play the winner of Charleston and St. Paul Saturday. All right, so how do you, how do you view how much is put in by you on you, and how much time do you put in on opponent when you get ready for this? I think the majority of time is put in on us. Um, you know, the one thing that that net does is it prevents anybody from coming across and setting a screen on a hitter or a blocker, right? So we've got to be good at the movement that we think we're going to need most. Uh, as as with whatever opponent, whether that's maybe their left side heavy, maybe their middle third heavy, maybe their right side heavy, let's make sure that we're we're doing what we can do to get our blockers in those positions in the times that they have 
we know what in the gym at this time is is refined. I don't think we're looking to make big gains and in improvement. Whatever we don't do well, we haven't done well for the last four or five weeks. Right. We've been trying to get better at it. But what we do well, we know what we do well, and we're certainly going to make this. We're going to worry about our strengths and make sure we can uh, we can use those. Uh, we we'll, we'll take a look at how the game play the, the matches play out this weekend to see if they've done anything you know we've we've played these teams well, with the exception of St. Francis we've played everybody four times we played St. Francis twice right but there's not a whole lot of change going on we're if if there is change it's usually because a starter is out and the depth in the men's game probably isn't quite there guys are not on the court because of a reason so we're, I think we're in pretty good shape with understanding what we're going to be facing. Well, uh, to, finally, uh, I will say this. At just mm, was it early January, and I was talking to Pav. He said, I've got to send you something my son Jack did. Uh, <laughs> it was phenomenal. He is okay. There is talent, and obviously, it's, you know, obviously. <laughs> It, it's Heather, but I mean, there yeah, is it did not come from me. There is some acting talent there that is, <laughs> is something else. It was that was quite a production. Yeah, yeah, those are fifty-five minutes of your life you'll never get back. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was great. He said, "Steve, you got to see this. You're the only person now I can send this to because <laughs> because I know <laughs> you because I know you'll watch all fifty-five minutes of the of the performance." <laughs> I, uh, but it was phenomenal. It was uh, it was a great holiday. I mean, he's something. He's, he's talented. I got to give you credit. Hey, well, I'll give Heather yeah. credit. <laughs> yeah, please give her credit, and, and certainly with him, with with Penn State, John Simpkins and crew worry about him. Uh, all I'm going to do is call him maybe once a week and say, "Hey, yeah, you hungry?" Because his deal with uh, he, I made the deal with him is he's got to call home every two weeks, and if I don't answer the phone, he starts to think about where Heather's buried the body. So <laughs> I make sure that happens. Well, good luck next week, and hopefully that leads to a conversation about uh, discussing what you're going to do in Columbus. How about that? Uh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I love love to love to talk to you, brother. It's it's so good hearing your voice. Same here. Good luck. Good luck with everything else you got going this uh, this spring. See you, Steve. That's Pav Mark Pavlik, head men's volleyball coach, Penn State. You look at what's happened this spring. Russ Rose winning his 1300th in his career. Kale Sanderson, the 200th dual meet in his career. Jeff Tambroni, his 200th career win. And Mark Pavlik with his 600th career win. The uh, bottom line is there four representatives of what is a fabulous coaching staff at, that Penn State has. There are four great examples of it. And uh, they'll play in the semifinals next week. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. You, know, you want to know how they got there, by the way? How you win 200, 200, 600, 1300. You want to know how you do that? By not going to the beach. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. 